This week on the Push Ball Lace podcast, we talk about the biggest loser and the cost of getting lean. Two, one, if you've got a hat on, mate. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hull. What's going on, No, I've not, but I've got a selfie light. I've <laughs> got a selfie light. That's selfie light at all. Selfie light's pretty cool. <laughs> you can't listen in, but Tom can. I mean, um, yeah, this is incredible for audio podcasts. Um, you know it, mate. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should do video podcasts in the future, you never I mean, know. Future. Well, we, did, we did start to, and then we were just like, who really wants to watch our heads Nobody. Like, on YouTube? I'm no. sure there's some weirdos that do it. Nah, I doubt it very you much know, so. Laura wouldn't just sit there and watch you? Yeah. Hell no, mate. She can't wait to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But um, but no, we're all good. How are you, mate? You all right? Been working hard? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> debatable um january's a weird one because everybody's i feel there's a lot of prep work a lot of, there's a lot of skiing there's a lot of work most people are here right but it is a case of there's a lot of cancellations because they realize that they've got work to do as well um generally speaking and yeah that seems to happen a little bit more um or there's the whole you've just gone back to work so everybody's gonna be sick mm. so you get that like this week and then the last week of jan is an incredibly popular business trip week um because you kind of get back you're like all oh, right then i realized you need to go away to see some clients or something like that that tends to happen the last one so i'm sure the trainers are feeling that and then february so february and march are probably the bigger months pt wise yeah. weirdly for people and you kind of get away from the whole well you know it like it's it, january especially in marlebone maybe third space it's not as big as what people were like, oh, everybody's gone to the gym, yeah, they get fit, yeah. new new year, new you. And you're like, mm, it's probably more Feb, more February, and people start to actually. Yeah, it's the, same with, it's the same with online stuff, really. Like, it's it's one of those things where, as bad as this is going to sound, if, you, if you're trying to attract clients in January, they're not going to be good clients. They're not going to be the right type no. of client for you long term because they're looking for the short fix. So it's actually something for us, like, well, I've certainly not done a huge amounts of, like, trying to get new people through the door. Well, I mean, I can't anyway. But this month, but um, even trying to get on the waiting list, it's like there's no point because at this, you know, they're just gonna jump on it because it's January and that's not what we're about. So it's the same thing with online coaching. I think a lot of people who are doing like the, you know, the group coaching courses around this time of year, you're just gonna get people who spend a bit of money. But ultimately, in the long term, they're probably not gonna be people who are that interested in in longer term change and stuff like that so it's always something to think about but i've had some of my best clients i don't know if i've already said this on a podcast recently a lot of my best clients sign up in december a lot of the mm. people who are very committed and very you know switched on i know what they want to do it doesn't matter to them what month they sign up they just go for it um so yeah and it should be it should just be a, a conscious decision shouldn't it that you've yeah. made essentially and, and the thing is as well people always some people in january do that whole thing of like oh i can only do this for eight weeks and then i'm doing this and i'm doing that it's like well it's like coaching is just a month-to-month thing. Like it, it works around those things. Like it works around holidays. It works around weeks away. Well, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because that's exactly the point. Did we talk the NLP stuff last week? Did we see that? I can't remember. When did we record last week? Tuesday. Probably. 
Right, I didn't. me, mate. I don't know. Because <laughs> I went on a, uh, a neuro linguistic programming course on the Wednesday, mm. which was interesting. I don't know if I talk, spoke to you about it. I feel like I did. Yeah. Um, I spoke to you on Instagram about it. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So I was at a neuro linguistic programming course, which was really interesting, right? Um, free third space. This this chap who like works with a hell of a lot of like CEOs and higher ups and across I don't know the country I guess and uh, rates are astronomical but we've managed to pull him in to talk to like twenty five trainers the only way we can make it cost effective um, we're like twenty five trainers or twenty five high basically our top guys uh, or one CEO and you like, yeah and me yeah um, <laughs> but it was quite interesting like how he he'd been working he first worked in health and fitness kind of NLP. When it was when there was Holmes Place, mm-hmm. and he was a big driver of how they were successful at the start, and how he saw personal training is when they went and saw uh, people on the gym floor. It was something like seventy-two percent of the people wanted to lose weight. So he was like, "Well, there's that's what we want to do, right?" And then he would drive people to start up conversations, not particularly sell their services, but start conversations of like, "Oh, if somebody's on a leg press, you'd be like, all right." what made you choose the leg press today that would be a start of a conversation not like because you feel a little bit like dirty if you're going up so like i'm trying to sell if you if you feel like you're trying to sell or you you're going into the conversation you're trying to sell you they're probably gonna not buy off you but if you feel like you're just you're just going to have an interaction or just have a conversation with somebody probably somewhere down the line even though it's not a deliberate sales pitch maybe in four months that becomes a, a sale it was interesting how he started talking about that anyway I digress. Shock. Massive. And um, <laughs> to the point of um, we had very uh, different um, points of view on PT and coaching and sustainability, where he was like, you kind of should basically teach them to fish, which I totally agree with. Like you should, your clients should learn stuff when, when you're with them. But I'm through, I probably have 15 regular clients, right? And then I don't have a lot and I see them once to four times a week. And they've been with me. Probably the longest one has been with me since the first three months of me joining First Base. And then the last one I took on would be a lady called Sarah. And that would probably come up to maybe a year um, from when I took her on. And I haven't taken a client on in a year. So it was just... It was weird how he was like, no, you're meant to kind of get them through four months, transform their lives, and then they go and get you more clients so they feel the slot that they're going to leave. So you see them three times a week, and then for after four months, they're transformed. They've learned everything off you, and then they only have to come in for a one, once-a-month checkup, but you've still got them as a client, and then they start telling your friends. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I was like, my clients still come and see me. I was like, I've basically made it so personal training just – fits into their schedule and yeah. they don't see it as the expense it's not the it's not the it's going to change my life it's already changed parts of my life and i want it to continue being part of my life because it's become a habit and it becomes healthy for me instead and it was it was just he's 100 heard that before because he's been around the industry for a while but i was just like it's that's not my point of my personal point of view. I don't want to be the transformation guy. I'd rather. I, I get, I get, I get what you're saying though. I get that the point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The point of it is you're supposed to, you know, I suppose empower them so that they know what they're doing. They know what things to think about, but personal training is a bit different. Same as what, what I do, I suppose there's a degree of it where 
I say to people, look, you know, after six months, um, you won't need me, but I want people to want to work with me and want me yeah. like, cause th- there's that whole cost benefit ratio of going, well, what it costs is less than what, how much I would stress about it. So therefore I'll let someone else do it for me. And it's like, yeah, I know this stuff. Like most of my clients know roughly how much protein they should be eating, how much water they should be drinking, how many vegetables they should be on, roughly their calorie amounts and where they need to go with it. But the stress it would cause them to have to think about all those things themselves and look at the numbers and overthink it and overanalyze. And then by doing that, then ultimately get nowhere for them. It's like, well, no, I'd rather pay 45 pound a week and get someone else to do it for me. Like, and go, well, same with you as PT. It's like to them, it's like I'd rather pay, you know, three hundred quid a week to not have to stress about me coming into the gym. They come into the. I know, I know it's like when you PT. When you come into the gym, they grab their towel, they're changed. Right, Tom, let's go. Whereas yeah. if they didn't have you there, they'd be like, okay, you might have a program written for you, but then they're like, okay, so how am I going to set that up there on that thing? Okay, I'll use that one there, and then by the time they get over there, or oh, someone else wants to use it. Oh, okay, whatever. That's out of yeah. order. Or oh, what do I do now? Although you've taught them this stuff the analysis of doing it all just causes them to be paralyzed and they just go, oh, I'm not going to bother, I'm just going to go home. So yeah. then they haven't trained. So to them, it's worth it. And it's that whole thing of, I get what he's trying to say, but there's a difference between empowering them and giving them that thing, but then also creating an environment whereby they just want to work with you because you're a decent person and you're a nice guy and they, they see you as someone who's, like you said, part of their life. Um, it's different. So I, I, I yeah, I, I kind of get what he means and it's a nice way of thinking about it, but ultimately, you're not gonna you're not gonna get to a client after six months ago. I right, see you later, go on, then you can go now. Yeah, right, I don't need you, you anymore. See, like, you see you later, go and get me some clients. <laughs> like, no, I'd rather just work with that person again. But, yeah, because obviously a lot of the other guys were kind of because we obviously I'm either their mentor or their educator or whatever, and that's obviously why I preach generally. And I'd rather them do that over a long term change and long term like habitual change. And they're sitting there going like, um, also, um, buddy, we got bills to pay, so I don't particularly want to release them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's from a even from a personal point of view as the PT, and that is a is a valid point. But even he just clearly doesn't understand that. Obviously, this stuff goes in cycles. So yeah, okay, they've done six months, they've got to a certain point. But what if they want to learn a new skill? They need to advance those exercises. They need to learn something else. Like you can have a PT client for four years, you're not doing the same fucking sessions with them every day, are you? Yeah. Like it's going to progress. They might want to learn how to do Olympic lifting. They might want to learn how to do powerlifting. They might want to change rep schemes and focus more on strength, focus more on hypertrophy. They might want to focus more on you know building cardiovascular endurance. And like they don't, you can't fit all that into six months or four months of working with someone. So. You know, that goes in cycles. Like I have that with clients. They go through different cycles, different phases where they need help, they need more help, and I've taught them stuff, but they just need they need that help to get through the next phase because it's something completely different that they could have never done before. Mm-hmm. And that like I say can't happen in four months or whatever. But yeah, who knows? I mean it's just a weird way of looking at it really. Yeah, I don't think it's just cut kind of I don't think it's just cut and dry as that, is it? It's not cut and dry as that. <laughs> no, hundred percent not. But on the back of that, I mean I just mentioned to you, Dan, that I'm actually take I'm actually taking on some online clients. Mental, okay. isn't it? Jeez, the world's come to an end. Um, no, I just decided to, because uh, I don't normally take many on, but everything's kind of very comfortable in terms of educating at the moment. So if anybody wants to contact me through Instagram or kind of anything through here, um, get hold of, uh, or just contact Dan if you really want to. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be doing uh, this. Contact me, mate. You join the waiting list. Might as well, just, might as well sign up. You have some programs. Exactly. I think just, I've don't, actually... just don't take nutrition advice off Tom. That's what I would say. Because he'll so, just go, have uh, another burger. Have another burger. 
<laughs> so for uh, I think I think I think I'll have enough uh, space for uh, say four people um, to take on. Uh, I think that's so because I'm obviously I want to allow enough for uh, my time. So if you're interested and literally programming, probably a check in once a month, that kind of thing, kind of standard. But if you want your programs to be written by me and my kind of guidance, then Ooh, get in contact. Some people are going to get super strong with Tom. Uh, someone's going to get strong, not Dan. Not me, no. Hey, I mean, I mean, Dan's prime candidate. I probably will get uh, a little phone call later. So, uh. Uh, to be fair, like, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I posted on Instagram the other day about the basketball thing. I went and had that basketball tournament, and it was just like really, it was really cool, and it kind of lit a little thing in me that I was like, that's what I want to train for and perform for and stuff. And I think it's. Um, like I said, on last year, it's actually, almost like you need someone with an athletic background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I've not got an athletic background at all or anything like that. But oh, um, yeah, Someone no, someone's just, invested it in the last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just interesting because I really, I, again, like we talked about before with the training and 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 how when you came to see me, we trained and stuff, and it really is just like that's how for me. Like now, I want to train and just focus on getting strong. And I'm even gonna dare I say it, throw some CV work in at the end of sessions and stuff because wow. I realised like. I can play basketball a little bit, you know, a couple of times a week, but ultimately if I want to get better and last longer on the court and stuff, like I need to start incorporating elements of that and not like fucking sitting on a treadmill for 30 minutes, but you know, some hit stuff and all that. I know I slag it off all the time. Of course I do. I slag off all the classes <laughs> because they're not actually hit training, but like, yeah. you know, it's about easing your way into it. So today I did, um, I did a kilometer on the row machine. That's all I started with today. I just did a five minutes, what was it? Four and a half minutes, something like that a kilometer. And, um, and I was like, yeah, if I have to do like four of these in intervals, I'm gonna be fucked. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, I need to need to work on it, and I think it's fascinating when, you know, like you just said, having someone else take that stress off you and give you a plan to do because you go right, that's my goal. I want to get fitter and stronger. Yeah, do it for me. And oh, for the cost of it, you're like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> no, exactly. So yeah, whatever the cost is. Uh, I'm not as expensive as Dan because you're an online coach. Because I do it weekly and you get all the nutrition. You do it weekly. Exactly. You're not getting no nutrition help from Tom other than eat more, get stronger, <laughs> eat more, get stronger. I'm expecting, if you want to get stronger and faster and more powerful, then come speak to me. If you, if you want to look it down, then do that. Yeah. You want to lose weight and change your physique, come to me. But, you know. Too- I mean, I'm going to change your physique, mate. Jesus Christ. You look, have you seen this specimen? I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> change it in a good way or a bad way, Tom? What was <laughs> Anyway, yeah, if you want to get in contact, please do. Um, oh, yeah, have a call or whatever. Um, lovely. And then which leads us on to, um, I did post some questions. Now, you wanted to talk about uh, The Biggest Loser, didn't you? Oh, I saw Steve Cook on Instagram. Didn't <laughs> Steve Cook's the, uh, the, the ex-physique competitor. I think he's been a physique competitor. So, yeah, he can probably relate to obese people on Biggest Loser. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he works at Gymshark now. And he's like, um, he's one of the trainers on, on the um, on the new series of biggest loser america i don't think they do it in the uk anymore because it's shit for one but i mean they do it in america i think it was because they, they bully them and shit i think in, oh they bully the crap out of them don't they yeah um, yeah, just, yeah no it just caught my eye because he was obviously there and and did his little video and he posted on instagram so i watched it and i shouldn't have um it started off with him being like you know this is you you can change your life from this point blah 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 and it's just oh, like it's so american isn't it's it like, it's so american it's like, He's like, mate, can you at least turn around to them and go, yeah, I'm a physique competitor, ex-physique competitor who's taken drugs and got on stage to look the way I look. Can you just please tell them that before we go anywhere? Next next point. And then it just it just obviously gone on to different clips of the show and all this sort of stuff. And then it was showing, like, clearly, obviously, Biggest Loser, not even being derogatory, you know, it's Biggest Loser, but an obese woman um, jumping on a box. And I'm just sat there like, 
what is one thing someone overweight probably shouldn't be doing? Jumping. And what do they definitely not need to be doing? Jumping onto a box. Um, and, I, and I get it. And I get that it's a show that you've got to make sensationalist and make it interesting. You can't just have them all sat there going, let's work on the healthy habits and just eat less food and go for walks and we'll lose loads of weight. And mm, it's not hardcore enough, is it? They've got to be there sweating, drenched, wet, you know, all that sort of stuff. I get it. I get it. Um, but it just annoyed me seeing that because I just think it just shows how uneducated he is. It, I don't even know if it was him doing it. It might not have been him doing it, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I mean, he's a part of it, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's so, there. He's just a place so, of it, isn't he? I just think it's. I just think it's sad that that's the, the the perception of it. And again, it has to be done that way. And there's far better ways to train if you're overweight. I mean, what did we say? That if uh, if they actually just uh, tuned in every week with us, if we did it, the biggest oh, loser. Like, yeah. well, yes, John here has just eaten less calories. He's eaten a thousand less calories than he needs to. He's eaten yeah. a carrot and some vegetables alongside <laughs> that. And he's been and done 10,000 steps today. So, yeah. so yeah, lost John, three kilos this week. Yeah. We, we decided for him, he was, he's going to get off at Notting Hill Gate instead of like Boat Grove today. So he's going to walk one tube stop to yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucas, isn't it? It's just like, yep. Yeah. That's he's what, got a dog. He's got a dog to look after for eight weeks, yeah. and he has to go out for two walks a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're making a habitual change. We're not going to shock them, um, and they're still going to get the same results. These are all his favourite foods we've listed that he can still enjoy as part of his calorie controlled <laughs> diet. John doesn't like apples, so we're not going to yeah. make him eat them. Yeah, he's got the biggest loser with an apple in front of him going, "Oh, apple. come on!" <laughs> You've got to eat ten apples a day. That's all you're allowed. Brilliant. Okay, yeah. so, but no, it leads me on, I suppose it leads me on to what I, ch- I chatted about on Instagram today was um, I, I, I follow obviously some bodybuilders and stuff partly for content partly because I do look up to some of them they're quite impressive but anyway it's short huh it's short that's a short joke <laughs> yeah um, and it was like I went on a bit of a rant today a few people said they enjoyed it and they commented and I wrote an email about it as well um, because mm. people look up to bodybuilders, IPB pros, people like Steve Cook, for example, when he was in his heyday, and they will look at what they eat and go, oh, yeah, this meal plan that they were on, and, you know, I'm going to do that meal plan because that's going to get me lean. Look at them. And I had to make the point that, like, bodybuilders don't give a shit about what they eat. They don't care about the taste of their food. They just see it as it serves a function, and that is to get bigger, stronger, leaner, whatever it is, right? And for them, taste is not on the priority list. It's not. And they can happily eat chicken and rice and, and greens and oats and whey and berries and never get bored of it because they think genuinely eating those foods is the best thing for their physique. And they will do that forever if it means that they're going to be a world champion bodybuilder. Like I've heard stories of like IFBB pros blending fish and rice in a, in a blender and drinking it because they're like, yeah, it's easier to get down because they're not hungry. Like they force feed themselves to eat food right in an off season when they're not hungry because they know they need to get the calories in so much so they don't eat vegetables because it just takes up too much food volume so is that healthy no it's not healthy but yet you're going to copy their diet when they diet and again when they come to diet they would rather put in some white rice you know some oats rather than more vegetables or more protein because they need the carbs to train well and they don't want to be feel bloated when they come to train so they're prepared to deal with the hunger because again they want to win more than they want to eat whereas the most people the average joe are going to get too hungry eating that and then they would be tempted by food and they're not as as iron-willed as they are and they don't have the right mindset and i was talking about how bodybuilders and gen pop just have two different mindsets and neither one can see the other one's point of view yeah like a bodybuilder just can't get into his head well why wouldn't you want to eat that food and get better why wouldn't you 
and the gem pop can't get in their head into the fact of why would I eat these boring food all the time? Like, cause, because the goals are just so misaligned and like people need to understand that bodybuilding as a sport requires you to eat certain things at certain times and do all those extra things for the 0.1% gain, even if it's not back by research, just because just in case, just in case. Just in case, yeah. That's not you. So like, don't download an IFBB Pro's meal plan. Try and stick to it when you diet. It's not going to fucking work for you. And I was like, I just went off on a rant, really. I was just like, it's just not the same thing. And people need to see it as a sport and what it is and how extreme it is. And it's like, you're not a bodybuilder. Only bodybuilders need to eat like bodybuilders do. And it's just kind of trying to get people to see sense, really, with that. And it's it's frightening that people... Only because, again, I saw adverts for it. Like, I think it was Sadiq Hadzovic, he's called. He's got like 4 million followers. And it was... Again, download my customizable diet plan. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was just pictures of obviously like rice and greens and chicken. And you're like, brilliant. Like, so dull. They don't need to do that, mate. Like they just, again, they just need to cut back on what they're eating that they enjoy, fill up with some veggies, move around a little bit more outside the gym sessions, weight train, and they're done. It's as basic as that. And yeah, it just frustrates me seeing... And again, it's not the bodybuilder's fault because that's just what they think they need that's to do to what, the best bodybuilder. And that's they, what they did. And they yeah. do. And, and they, they do need to do that. And there's elements of what they do I agree with, even though it is boring and bland. They do need to be bro. We call it being bro. And it is. And I'm cool with that. If I was at that level, I would probably do the same. I would probably not flexible diet because, well, why wouldn't you eliminate every tiny little percentage thing that may be an issue? But there's just this massive disconnect between looking at someone's physique and going, oh, I want to like them. Well, you never will because they're an elite level bodybuilder and they've worked their whole life for it. You haven't. And this is their sport. This is their life. They would rather eat those foods and win a title at Olympia than drink alcohol and socialize with friends and do all that sort of stuff. That's not the place you're in. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You need to understand. And yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's tough here. with like... I mean, we're going to talk about the modified cost again, lean, right? So it's, um, I think I've got um, one of my clients um, consistently. So bearing in mind in gyms, it generally does happen with... Maybe there's like group instructors, right? And with group instructors, they will tend to do maybe five, six classes a day. They're traveling around multiple sites. And probably of those classes, they're probably actually participating in it in like two to three right and probably got their own training but they one bless her she puts them on a pedestal she's like what do i need to do like to look like that time i was like all right well you need to quit your job um you need to go to multiple gym sites you need to do the property i'm guessing she's doing 25,000 steps a day of not just training and she's probably training three times a day because she's got classes all the time and also she does i know she's teetotal what so yep that's that's her body um and that's that's the that's the cost of what she do that for years as well don't yeah. just do it and for like been, a month yeah. yeah she's been doing that forever and it's just like if you want to look like me you train twice a week <laughs> you attempt to get four times in i've been actually good i trained twice i trained on a friday night last week wow friday night yeah i just think it's one of those where like with all my clients like i try and i try and show a lot of it and show what they do and you know, it's things like not missing out on birthday meals and birthday weekends and drinking and still getting in good shape. And it's kind of like all those people you see at our photo shoots, they get in fantastic shape. It's not that you can't, you know, there's this, this other thing where it's like, you know, you can still get in fantastic shape, eating flexibly, drinking, all that sort of stuff. You do have to cut it back to a certain degree at a certain point yeah. when you're doing something like that. But you can still do it. But it's just that the difference between where they're at and what they think is achievable is just so far removed. It's like, no, but elite level bodybuilders, they don't even look like that on the other days of the year it's just that one day that they peaked for or whatever and it's like for every one percent you want to get 
that body fat off, every 1%, you have to work 100% harder than you're working now. And it's like, they don't seem to understand that to get to that point where you're happy, it requires a certain amount of work. To get to that extra 5% difference requires five times the amount of work that you're doing to get to that first initial point. It's like a, um, what's it, that's, what's that called? Like, a, it's like, it's a curve, <laughs> isn't it? It's a graph, oh. it's a curve. You know, where like, basically, where it's, again, the amount of effort you put in to get that extra point percent, it just, it just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. I know what I mean. Exponential. Exponential. That's the word, Tom. <laughs> I knew you were here for a reason. Exponential. <laughs> it's like every sort of thing is exponential, and these guys are just doing to get to ninety-nine percent of their of their of their potential, their physique potential. They are doing things that you would never dream of doing, but yet for you to get to ninety percent requires nowhere near a quarter of the effort they're putting in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. Like I just think there's a massive disconnect between what is. Um, Oh, and, and also as well, I just noticed on Instagram, just scrolling through, Katie Price just advertising Boombod. So yeah, she's gone bankrupt, hasn't she? So it's <laughs> inevitable. Uh, brilliant. She's selling her stuff, isn't she? She's had to sell through her houses or her house and her cars and stuff, isn't she? But oh, well, wonderful. But let's bring this one to, I did, we got a weird all right, question or two, um, which, what do we have? Um, which kind of relates to your point, but we're going to go through something um, from a popular, I think PN, but also our friend Josh has done a modified cost, so um, and I have access to it, so we can kind of just chat around it more than anything else. Um, so how lean do you think is it's sensible to get if you're not going to compete? And Dan immediately was like, how long is a piece of string? Like, yeah, I mean, whatever you, you decide, it's totally personal. It's so, it's so subjective. Um, it depends on what you, what, where you want to be and how you want to look and all that sort of stuff. But the other thing I'd always say to people is do it in phases and stages. So, for example, yeah. you know, percent body fat is always really hard to um, to figure out, like because all the machines are just shit. To be honest, they're awful. Um, but you can look at most people and give them sort of. You can put people in with it within a five percent range. Usually, most people you could look at them and go roughly where they think you're at. I'm. I reckon I'd probably be in between 20 percent right now. And again, this is because, by the way getting below 10% is ridiculous. Like, you know, people go, oh yeah, I'm about 4% body fat. You're not ridiculous. Yeah, right. Works. On DEXA scans, being extremely lean, ready for a photo shoot, you'd be about 10%. So, so I think I'd be somewhere between 15 and 20. Tom probably be somewhere between 20, 25, probably. Wow. Jesus Christ. All right, mate. Closer to the <laughs> But if you're up at like the 40 range right now, like all your goal is to get down to 35, like just go to 35 and then worry about it when you get there. And then again to 30, like, it just doesn't mean anything. Like I would always use markers of like t-shirt sizes or how much, you know, from the side, for example, your stomach might protrude, like would be a marker of like success rather than like, or how lean do you think I should get? Well, that doesn't mean anything. How, what, as lean as what? Like it, you can't put a number on it unless you get, again, cut yourself open and put you in a blender and work out the percentage of body fat. It's not going to, please, please do that. You're not going to know. So it's kind of like, and also different people have different set points so different people find it easier to stay lean at certain points. Mm. So I've always found myself after photo shoots, after things like that kind of rebounding, I say rebounding sounds bad, but always rebounding to around the 75 kilo mark. I can diet down from like 80 to 70 to 68, something like that for shoots six between 68, 70. And then I always come back to 75 and I feel really comfortable and happy there. I'm lean enough. You can see in outlines of things. I'm pretty happy with how I look. I, I like that look cause I can eat what I want when I want. And for some people, it'll be lower than that or higher than that. And they could be exactly the same size as me and muscle mass, but they could just have slightly different genetics where they can stay leaner than that. There are some people that stay lean all the time. 
and they don't know how and it's like yeah it's just their genetics allow them to sit yeah. that bit leaner um I'd, I'd be yeah if i sat at 75 there'd be nothing of me yeah and, and it, it's just like happiness like it's just how happy are you about having to track everything you eat on it like, i haven't tracked for like nearly a year now like i'm quite happy where i am probably gained a little bit of muscle maybe not huge amounts but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm enjoying how I'm eating. I can eat sweets and chocolate and burgers and not put on weight. I'm pretty happy. I mean, that's better than being a certain percent body fat. It being in that place where you can do what you want with it and train how you want and have the energy to do those things. And it, you will not know until you get there. You will not know until you're there when you, if you push too hard or whatever. Um, but it's just not, it's a bit of a hard question to it's, answer. It's a weird question. So just, I think, I think the, 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 the best, the best, I feel like the best way of looking at it is, is a, I guess the most scientific kind of way and we can pin up like the, the, the lad who uh, created precision nutrition and um, wrote those books. He came up with the cost of getting lean and then uh, Jay has done a little bit of stuff on modified cost to get lean. So for like, so Dan said like the 15 to 20% kind of body weight, I think some of this is slightly off, but um, so you, it kind of has, so you have a male and a female percentage body fat, and if you can probably Google this and it'll, you'll get the PN one up um, and it will say the look, like the benefits and the trade-offs you have to. So the biggest things are so kind of the look we don't really, yeah, whatever. Um, the benefits of being at that body weight and then the trade-offs that you have to do to to stay at that body weight, essentially. So 15 to 20%, the, the trade-offs is, is, would be, so the benefits would probably be improved sleep, improved health, enjoyable exercise, that kind of thing. Um, and then the trade-offs would be it requires some planning. Um, you don't actually look ripped um, and you just need to be kind of more mindful about your food, which is probably where we sit most of the time, right? We're mindful. We don't ever look completely ripped um, and it requires a bit of planning. We know what we're going to eat, that kind of thing. So the drop below the 15% mark, so about 13, so 12, 13 to 15% for chaps um, and then just add on 10% for girls. So you've got like a, so the benefits, easy, easier to, well, easy to maintain. Energy levels will be improved, reduction of many medications. Really Interesting. Um, the trade-offs, which are the big ones. Okay, so minor social sacrifices. So you probably have to sacrifice a couple of things um, based off where you're going out. Um, requires education around nutrition. So you need to know what you're probably going to be eating and why it's beneficial to you. And we'll need improved food tracking or habit-based nutrition. So I reckon both of us could probably sit down there without tracking, just yeah. based off habit, habit-based nutrition. We we can we know where we overindulge, we know where we can back off. That's usually a case of, but that comes with, and both of us will probably at the cost of getting lean, we will make social sacrifices and not go out or not drink when we go out. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just because that will, it doesn't even just go. We're just like no, I just won't have it. It's fine. It's absolutely fine for me. Um, so yeah, then you've got the males, like 10 to 12%, again, add 10% for females. So this is when you've probably got a little bit more abs kind of thing. So fit appearance, relatively easy to maintain once there um, or practicing. So requires planning and attention to diet. We'll need to track food and calories and we'll need to cut back on alcohol, 100%. I think that's, mm. to, for us to get there, we we'll probably have to track pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. And then the last one, below 10%, we're looking at requires strict tracking. Um, we'll struggle eating out just because it's we don't know what's in it, 100%. Yeah. And all food all food and drink will need to be uh, either prepped or tracked. 
or made at home. I think that's probably, yeah. If you want to get below 10% body fat, I think yeah. that's the case. Yeah, and it's interesting going through that because a lot of our clients who do photo shoots will go through those you go through those stages. Don't go through it? those stages. It's yeah, the trade-offs know. that you're like, oh, do yeah. I really want to be there? All right, well, you're not going to look like this. Do I, do I really want to give up that? And this is, this, is, this is a conversation that I would have with weight loss clients. And I'd be like, do you, do you feel like you can give that up now? Then no, we're not going to aim for this. Do you feel like you can give that up now? Maybe down the road when they're at about the 15% mark and they've they've made the trade-offs there, then they're like, actually, no, I'm ready to go there. So it's it's finding their kind of section so look it up if you're a pt that you're, you're struggling to kind of get the point across of um what would it be like realistic expectations realistic expectations so you can kind of lay it out to them you'd be like mm. where are you where do you think you sit um within the modified cost of getting lean so and the trade-offs is the biggest one not mm. anything else the trade-offs yeah. what they're willing to give up yeah or what they're willing to do for you or for themselves is big, massive, um, and that's that's essentially your ticket to writing them good results, right? So, yeah, exactly that. And I think as long as people know what to expect with certain things, it's also I, the other thing I would say to that is um, I think you need to go cycle through phases of that. You can't stay in one for too long, like that. Mind like yeah, you have yeah. to. So like I've got clients now who think they're doing the next photo shoot, and I've had to be like, look, like you don't you can't go back into that phase yet you're not ready like you need some time out of it and that's the thing with physiques and, and development and things like that is there are some people who consider that sub 10 percent mm. and just genetically that for them it's not that so much sacrifice and they're you know and they're the outliers and they're the people that are, are in in fitness because of that reason and they're the ones the models they're the gym shark people they're the people who get put up on a pedestal and they can do those sorts of things and and they don't have those those issues with tracking like oh maybe they do maybe they you know behind the scenes they've got issues you just don't know what's going on I, I know a lot of people who are very lean and they eat what they want when they want you know they they kind of their hunger signals aren't a huge issue for them and stuff so it is um it's so unique and individual but i i just think the 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 my goal again people will argue that this probably isn't the case um <laughs> but my goal is always i would rather look good in a t-shirt and eat what I want, when I want, enjoy life, train hard, than look good without a t-shirt on and have to track everything and be a dick to be around because I have to worry about all that sort of shit. Because ultimately, how often do you actually get your abs all over the place? Like, I don't. Like, I'm not the most confident person anyway. Like, even on holiday, I wouldn't walk around unless I was in a swimming pool. I wouldn't walk around without a top on. Some people like to do without Mainly work. because if either of us did that, we would be burnt to a crisp within 15 seconds. Well, there, there is that element. <laughs> It's just again, like I, it's kind of like it sounds a bit dickish saying this, but I don't, I don't want it to come across that way. But I've kind of like I've been there and done it. I've done it. Like I've got the pictures, I've got the proof that I've done it, and I've, I've managed to achieve it several times. And it's like, yeah, I'm happy now. I've done it. I'm happy where I am. Like the thought of doing it for a, sh- a shoot doesn't. I thought about doing another one in the future, and it kind of like it doesn't excite me because I'm like, it's easy for me. I can do it. I, it's not a challenge. Whereas the first few times I did it, it was always a challenge to see how much better I could do. And I'm kind of like, well, I just don't see it as a challenge anymore. And it's not that, it's not to say that it's easy. It's just that for me, I know the process I need to go through and I know what sacrifice I need to give for it. And for me at this point, I'm like, well, I've got the pictures. I don't, it's not like they're a big enough draw for me to want to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm at a place where I'd rather just be able to loosely track things in my head, get leaner that way for a holiday or whatever, feel better, look better. But ultimately I've got to grow a lot more before I'd be happy to do another shoot because I don't, I won't have changed huge amounts, but I've got other priorities right now with business and work and family that 
I'm not going to be able to be in a position where I'm going to train that hard, that often that I'm going to put on that much muscle that I'm going to do a shoot anytime soon. Do you know what I mean? Like it's understanding where you fit in the, these cycles, understanding what's going on because otherwise you're just going to fucking go crazy worrying about it and it's just not worth it. Like once you're happy and you're healthy, that's the goal, right? Is to be there. Exactly. And I was happy and very healthy just before I was speaking to you because uh, we went to donut time. Wow. Mm, it was great. I had a, uh, was it an Oreo and like Nutella? It was like Oreo crumble on top of it and then Nutella kind of scraped across. It was good. We also we also brought a Biscoff one home. Wow. So you're basically eating lean meat and some veggies tomorrow then, basically. Majority yeah. of um, <laughs> I've had yeah. my veggies. I'd add some courgette. Good lad. But you know, I think it's, it is an interesting <laughs> conversation. I think it is one that people don't, given of attention to in the industry it's all about um and again a lot of my longer i'm sure a lot of your client longer term clients a lot of my longer term clients they they do it because they want to feel strong and feel healthy more so than they want to lose weight and they go through periods of that and then after you know six to nine months they kind of go actually i've, I've been taking the piss a little bit i need to cut back for a, a month or two and then in their head they just know that they've been drinking a bit too much eating a few too many donuts and they don't actually i'm just gonna cut back on that and that's what we do it's what i do um i know when things start going awry because i start ordering um things on like the online food shop i'm like hang on hang on what am i doing eating that now maybe that's <laughs> stupid take that back out again back to the bacon yeah. aliens back to egg whites and it's that sort of thing that it it just becomes second nature to you eventually but <laughs> who knows wonderful um another question we had um have we ever trained each other or have we ever coached each other coaching only, and training only a little in bit person different. only, in, only person. in person yeah i don't think and it's, it's an interesting, we, I think we talked about this previously, of we were, even though I guess if we read a gun to your head, we respect each other as coaches, but uh, we were friends before we would ever do anything like that. So I always think the friends before coaching is bad. Coaching before friends is good. It's not even that. It's it's just when someone Dan doesn't know anything. That's why. That's yeah. Why. It's, it's, it's not even that it's when someone's so close to you you just don't you just don't have that accountability like i know with tom no. i had a phone call booked in on a thursday i could be like oh tom can i just rearrange like, i can't make that now yeah. whereas it's like if it was someone else who i was paying a lot of money to i wouldn't do that um so it's more that sort of thing think, it's not that yeah, there's no respect it's just it's, it's probably, a different thing like, program the same way as well so it's like well i know like tom knows hmm. i'm gonna put him on low calories it's like it's I think, yeah, it's different. Like, coaching like that, fine. When we Obviously, we're doing business stuff together now, but it's just going to be... That's a, I feel like that's a little bit different, and we enter a different conversation now, but it's still weird. Yeah. It's, we, we never have. No, no point. Yeah. Go get another coach. Make new friends. Because mm. one of the biggest things, I think, especially from... I, so I generally speaking on the online clients that I would have would be people who have trained for a while or personal trainers. And, and exactly why I had an online coach previously was to learn a different way of programming and how somebody else had that appro approach to what my goal was. Um, mm. And yeah, like I say, probably me and Dan would train, well, co probably program very similarly probably maybe a little bit different now considering we've both been in separate I don't know parts of the industry for a while but still incredibly the same as sad as it sounds I do wish we live closer because I would like to train with you every session like that would be that would make me accountable that would be like turning up to oh yeah it would be 
that would be i'd make i'd do the sessions there. that's 100 percent. we we used to we used to train together all the time um so that was accountability we didn't we probably don't know if we were doing something slightly off during a session maybe we would critique it but not as in a dick way but that's probably the, the biggest amount of coaching that's about it yeah it'd just be like stop being a fucking dick and do it properly it's just like, like when dan when Dan could could bench more than me, I listened to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember those days. 100%. Remember those yeah. days. Um, yeah. <laughs> Long gone. Now, I'm like, oh, it's great. Like, I can just walk up to 100 kilos and start benching it. I'm like, remember when I couldn't do that? <laughs> that was bonkers. I, I, that was a, anybody who feels bad that they can't bench 100 kilos, it took me over six months. I could probably bench 95 for four. No, you're on like 97 and a half. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, do yeah. all the rest of the world with that, and you just couldn't do 100. <laughs> couldn't do 100. I think it was mental. Um, but yeah. All right, I had one, one more thing to talk about, mate, because um, I put a little, I shared a post, was uh, by Joel Sanders. I quite like him as a coach. Um, and it was just something, constantly we're doing, we're going to be doing the mentorship stuff. Um, I guess we'll start advertising a little bit more for people who want places on it. Um, March? That's correct, isn't it? March um, for launching in April. So it's like having a solid mentor is like getting a cheat code to a video game. They can help you dodge landmines, solve problems better than you could ever do at doing it alone, which it kind of just resonated. Like, I think I've learned more from other people or kind of mentory type people who I've looked up to um, than probably academia. Um, yeah, and, for sure. Um I think with that like with that analogy i think it's kind of like that whole thing of you would do it yourself so many times and you'd hit all those little snags and it might take you 20 goes to do it yeah. but if you know somebody's been there and done it you just go right okay do this do that do that you might make one mistake but after that you just go and yeah. do you know what I mean? you go through it and i think it's it's just learning people who have made those mistakes and see the world with a bit more experience i suppose and can see those big problems and know what to it's, do and how to get around them 100 the, the, the whoever would be your mentor is probably going to make you do it wrong first as well so you kind of have a self-discovery of learning mm-hmm. and that's a, a, a tried and 100 percent method way of doing it and it's like 85 percent more likely you're going to do it correctly based off if you do it wrong and then you get asked you are going to ask you ask for help and then you bring it back because we learn by doing stuff wrong and then you're like all right why didn't that work then we start to critique then we look for advice which is where the mentor comes in and instead of actually just trying to like ah yeah well just try it again just try it again just try it again mm. they'd be like oh why didn't that work that's the person there's an answer to mm. so it's it's yes yeah, so it's an interesting one i this is this this is the year that i'm gonna hire a mentor all my other mentors have been like people i've worked with or worked for with gyms and stuff like obviously football was one then it was third space and um and like you say more so in the in the online space is is helping people getting consulting people but i think this year is the year that i'm going to full-on pay for a mentor that is going to cost a fair but fair bit of money just because i know that you've got to invest your money in yourself to then learn and be better and put yourself in a better position for years to come so it's um it's the way to go i think the amount of money people spend on qualifications and ultimately most people <laughs> i see online most online coaches do not need another nutrition qualification or another training weekend workshop they just need someone to tell them to action what they already know and to fucking do it and do these things that try and test it and work and then you can learn more once you get a bit older and you can do all that other stuff but a lot of people like you say try and 
upskill in like the technical elements of things and it's like no you just need like a bit of guidance on a few other things that are going to help your self-confidence and help it's, you be yeah better it's weird because you spend so long upskilling and i find it a lot yeah upskill 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 and then you you could become more clouded and all this bullshit and then you're like all right now i've got to pick past all this bullshit that you've learned yeah. and get back to the kind of circle and then you ask them, of and then you ask them what like, and then you ask them what their system is and they go i don't have one and you're like don't what you've well, not developed your own way of doing things like all right like, i understand it was like they've taught me through the exos system i'm like i understand that's how exos do it but i know that you've done frc and you've done this i was like what is the yeah the gary way of doing it and i'm like what do you mean i was like i, I produced a perfect exos program i was like i know but you're not an exos. I'd go athlete. to exos for that. <laughs> I want to know what you would do. Yeah. I was like, do that because that's what they say. I was like, no. But that's that's the kind of critical thinking that is only come by looking at someone like who's going to do that for you or who's going to help you through that. Um, so it's just interesting, and it kind of resonated with the career path that we want to show and we want to help people to do because um, we've been there in that situation. We've gone to like people like we. I mean, there's a Belland, but Doug or anybody who, or Martin Evans or who we knew were academically smarter than us or had been there, done it a few years older, 10 years older, whatever, business-wise, we've done it. Um, and we'd be like, oh, what, what did you do here? What would you do there? He's like, just do that. All right, cool. And it's funny how looking back how at the time, you kind of go, oh, you, are they sure? I don't know. And looking back, you're like, yeah, they were right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were right. Like it's, <laughs> it, Yeah, it's, the, amount of, the amount of times I, I talk to people about that sort of stuff and, I just say to them, yeah, you're doing the right thing, just carry on. Like Again, I, you won't mind me saying this, but I've got um, I, one of my ex-clients who we progressed from doing nutrition coaching into basically his coaching, his, his business, his stuff that he was doing, his in-person PT stuff. And he had a bit of a meltdown. Um, and I just sort of said to him, said, just, you need to just keep doing what you're doing. Like You just want things to happen quicker than they, than, yeah. than they are happening. And I was like, you just need to give it more time. And then literally messaged me yesterday and spoke to him today on voice note and it's like things are going really really well and it's like yeah exactly i knew they would like he's now hitting numbers that if i had told him two months ago he would be hitting he'd be like oh no way and it's like no like sometimes you can't rush things either you just need to just keep doing shit and they again it's rather than upskilling or rather than starting a new service or starting a new product or starting a new thing it's like no just keep doing what you're doing and it'll keep rolling it'll keep some shit just takes time and that's the one thing I think you learn from people like that, isn't it? You just, once you're doing the right thing, you just then keep on the straight yeah, path. Same, with, the same with like nutrition and training. Like you can't, you can't bench hundred kilos if you currently bench 60. It's not going to happen tomorrow or a week after or even a month after. It's going to take a lot longer than that. And it's that whole thing of, I can tell you what to do in the meantime, but you've just yeah. got to do it. You can't moan about it and can't not do it. It's the whole um, putting, it's, 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 the, it's the long game, putting, putting in all the stuff now and then not seeing the benefit of it until nine months down the line it's 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 hard for any of us and that's just the the, the society we live in but god we're old now aren't we, Tom? we're old now mate we're saying that sort of shit aren't we <laughs> oh god we're old mate i'm still in my 20s so only fucking just only just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um amazing mate all right any other business no not from me no i guess if, if you made it to the end of the show then and you really want to do some strength training power training speed training or dare i say athletic if you play any recreational sports and you want to do some training towards that then get in contact right i think i think i'll take on four to five clients i think that'd be that'd be sufficient 45 that's a lot 45 mate. that's a lot mate. <laughs> four to five clients so you'll get a, a decent amount of my time anyway um yeah well, i probably get fucking hell oh, mate, you get you get me every week <laughs> lucky duck um all right mate yeah i got nothing else to say wonderful we will catch you next week yeah
Till er. Mm.